If you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. In this episode, we're talking about split personalities. Okay, so it turns out that I have two distinct personalities. One of them is being displayed right now, and the other one is sitting behind me, wondering what the hell I'm doing. So let me explain. About six years ago, I went on a course through work, and the course was about management and leadership. And part of the setup for that course was that I had to take a personality test twice. Once I had to complete it at work, and the second time I had to complete it at home. And the result of my tests were that when I'm at home, I have a different personality to when I'm at work. It wasn't a revelation insofar as I kind of knew that I was a different person at home to how I am when I'm at work and how I'm perceived by my colleagues. But it was a bit of a realisation, I suppose, or perhaps even a surprise to find out so clearly. Turns out my home personality is introverted and quiet and retrospective, and my work personality is much more outspoken, outgoing and extroverted. Which, as you can imagine, leads to quite a few sort of personal dilemmas in my life when I have to decide which personality to be. So I found that fascinating that privately, I I, I didn't really believe I was introverted in a private sense, but it turns out I am. I do enjoy being alone. I do enjoy the solitary sort of life that I sometimes lead when my wife is away on holiday and things, and it's just me at home. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy being on my own. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just when I'm on my own, I just feel, I don't know, I don't want to say happier, but I feel more content. But the public me, the extroverted me, that person came about because I think I thought I needed that personality to fit in and be accepted by others. To sort of put some clarity on it, when I was at school, I had weight issues and and developing a quick-witted personality was a good defense mechanism. And that personality has then developed into this kind of hyper-confident me that no matter what anybody says, it just doesn't wound, it doesn't hurt. And it's a bit interesting because it kind of developed, like I say, as a result of me being bullied and what have you. So I've got this kind of quick-witted, kind of clever, kind of almost comedic brain where I can think of really quite funny things to say and, uh, and funny things to do in situations. And I think that kind of worked a lot for me back in the early days of my teenage years. And I hadn't realised that it just segued into being a, a sort of a part of my life. It's not like I felt a physical split of my personality from type A to type B. It wasn't like that. But it was definitely these two distinct people living in the same body. I mean, I do have a pet theory about comedians. I mean, I'm, I'm not a comedian, as you well know. I mean, OK, I might make the odd joke here and there. I've got a quick-witted brain. But I'm not a comedian. But I have developed a bit of a theory about comedians in that there's an awful lot of trauma behind their comedy. You can sort of look at these comedians and you can understand that they will have developed their comedy as a defence mechanism in exactly the same way I did. 
and you just don't know what it is but it tends to lean towards that kind of outcome mostly because in my opinion it's a defense mechanism there are those people out there who do comedic things and do funny things because they like the attention but I still believe there's a little bit of sadness behind that that they're trying to hide. Um, there's a little bit of not being accepted, not fitting in, that's kind of sitting in the background of a lot of these stories. And I think that's quite telling that, in my case, particularly this other me developed as a result of me not wanting to get picked on. I had no other way of dealing with it, no better way of dealing with the emotion of somebody bullying me. So I just basically started to fight back with words. I had a particularly intellectual brain at the time, so I was able to think of quite funny things. And a lot of my comedy at the time, I, I, it feels awful even just talking about things like even my comedy, a phrase like that. It sounds so trite, but my point is, is that I can be funny. I am funny. I make people laugh, but I make people laugh either at my expense, at their own expense, or at the expense of others. So it is a weapon. It's pointing outwards and sometimes pointing inwards. And that's how I use it. But what I realised when I did these two questionnaires, or rather the same questionnaire but at different times, I realised that the work personality I have is the same personality as this laughing guy who's out there making people laugh, you know, the, the defence mechanism guy. So the reason for that is, I believe, is that I very quickly realised in the industry that if I don't speak up, then I get all the crap jobs and I don't get the reward and I don't get the kudos and I don't get the recognition because people just walk all over you if you don't speak up. So meet little Leon who sits in the corner and doesn't speak up and doesn't sort of call himself out for saying, I did that and are you proud of me for this? You know, I mean, I remember where my, my first real job I had in big industry, let's say, one of my superior superiors pulled me to one side one day and basically said, why don't you talk about the things that you do, you know, the things that you do that you've put in place, the measures you've done that make things better and make things easier for everybody. Why don't you talk about these? This is clever stuff. You need to be telling me you're doing that sort of thing. I need to know that because I need to understand I've got people on my team who can come up with this sort of stuff. Whereas I was like, I don't want to sing my own praises. I really don't want to fly my own flag. And that's where I learned that I have to. So it's been tricky, I will admit, kind of living with these two personalities in my brain. And as I said to you at the start of this episode, you are currently listening to the extroverted version of me. And that extroverted version of me is the one who's quite happy to talk on a microphone, to you know, release a podcast out into the world. I've also stood on stage, played music and singing and all the rest of it. That is very extroverted behaviour, to stand on a stage and to put your... Basically, especially with music, I can't even begin to explain in correct terms just how much of a bearing of the soul it is for you to go on stage and play a song that you've written in front of other people and have that criticised and scrutinised by them. Because the problem with music is it's very much a thing about taste and not everybody, you know, your music might not be to everybody's taste. So you write a song, you think it's brilliant, you go and play it on stage and it gets a warm response or it gets a cold response. Anyone who's done anything creative, whether you've written a story, poems, whether you've written songs, whether you've done any drawings, arts, you name it, anything you've done that's creative, the minute you show that to someone else, you're making yourself vulnerable. Confident Leon, extroverted Leon, says, hey, have I listened to this? You're going to love it. This is the best thing I've ever done. But the introverted Leon is being shut in a box inside extroverted Leon's body at that point. Because introverted Leon's going, oh God, no, please don't play that to anybody. This is embarrassing. It starts to get more and more anxious. Whereas confident Leon's just like, oh, shut up. Just listen to this. You're going to love it. So I wanted to sort of talk about what it's like to live with essentially two personalities. I don't want to say they're split personalities, that's not really fair because split personality suggests that I can't be 
both at the same time, which I can. It's entirely possible. For, I, I mean, I've done it several times during episodes of recording this podcast where while I'm sitting here as extroverted Leon telling stories, I'm suddenly getting introverted about the fact that I'm telling them and I start to rein it back and pull it back a little bit. And I've done that a few times. Um, you might not have noticed it because of strong editing. Again, confidently on steps forward, strong editing. But as a result of this editing and whatever, I'm able to sort of still maintain this level of assuredness, I guess. But the thing is, my worry about it is, is that when I lost a lot of weight, and I did lose a lot of weight, I've mentioned this a few times, I lost an awful lot of weight. I lost something like 55 kilos, 56 kilos in weight. That meant that this, uh, my wife had moved in a new circle of friends, and there I was with this lighter body, and the people we were going to, to this evening dinner thing, they didn't know me, and they'd never met me before. They'd only heard my wife talking about me, and you know, when you're talking about your other half, you tend to either pick them up or knock them down. Well, my wife and I have had an agreement for years that we don't knock each other down at all. We always push each other up. So she's told these other people all the good things about me. So when I turn up, I then have, for the first time in many, many years, the opportunity to not be me. And it was really freeing, really exciting. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to enjoy going to this dinner party and not having to speak too much until I'm spoken to. I don't need to hold court. I don't need to be funny. I don't need to regale everybody with interesting anecdotes. I don't need to play the fool because the fool is inside me and he's buried because introverted Leon is going to the party. And I loved it. And it was the most freeing night of my life because I didn't feel as though I needed to act. The problem I have is that all my old friends, they're expecting extrovert Leon because that's the guy they've known for 20, 30 years. He's in the room here with me now, as is introverted Leon, we're both here. But what's interesting is, when I'm with my old friends, I can slip back into that role, let's say. I can slip back into that character very, very easily. In much the same way, when I'm back home and I'm not amongst those people, I physically, mentally relax into introvert Leon. It's really interesting to have that, first of all, highlighted to me, which I wasn't even aware of, I didn't realize there was an indoor me and an outdoor me, if you know what I mean, because when I took the indoor me out and stayed the indoor me with this dinner we were invited to, that was really interesting because that I felt more naked that night than I've ever felt because that was the indoor me outdoors. And it was, it was just one of those moments where I just had this click, light goes on, oh my goodness, this is really interesting. The problem is I will still be acting the extrovert Leon for the rest of my life because there will always be someone who knows me, even to the point where my son and my wife have seen a very different me at home. But with my son, I tend to still continue to play the fool a little bit and make little funny jokes, because it's kind of nice for him to grow up in a house where there's a lot of laughter and a lot of joy. He doesn't want to see me sitting there, you know, getting all maudlin about the fact that I'm struggling with my weight, I can't sleep very well, I've got normal human problems. He wants to think of his parents as being not human. And that's, that's what I mean. I'm going to be acting this character for the rest of my life. So bringing it round to sort of the positivity of it, I was asking myself, is that really a bad thing? Is it bad for me to have these two personalities, these very distinct personalities? And I don't think it is. I genuinely don't. I'm, I kind of, I don't want to say I'm leaning into it or I'm, you know, I'm embracing it or anything like that. There's nothing to lean into or to embrace because I already am these two personalities. I'm already extrovert and introvert. I'm already that. I can cope happily in both worlds. So I can give off this air of confidence and I'm quite comfortable with that. 
I mean, obviously, we know there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance. And just to give you a quick example of that, I went for a job interview many years ago. I was rattling through the interview, and I was doing really well. And in my eyes, I was doing really well. And then they, they came to the question. This was a private sector, so this was a private firm. This wasn't uh, you know government or anything. Uh, and they came to the question where they said, can you tell us why you've applied for this job? So extrovert Leon goes, well... I read through the job description and the person specification and there wasn't anything on there that I couldn't do so I thought that I'm tailor-made for this role, I'll be great at it, I'm going to enjoy it, so I'll apply. No. Turns out, what they wanted to hear was the sycophantic stuff. They wanted me to sit there and say, well, this company is amazing, I can't believe I don't already work for you, I'm really looking forward to the challenges that this company is going to give me, I can't wait to start working for you guys, this is going to be amazing. And when I found that out, I was all... Oh, screw that. No, I don't want to work for a company that needs a sycophant on their books. You know, somebody's just basically saying, I'm so glad I get to work for you. I can't believe how lucky I am that I can turn up here and do nine to five and get paid. No. Neither extrovert nor introvert Leon is into any of that. Because extrovert and introvert Leon both agree, that's horse poop. But that was a good example of where my confidence was seen by them as arrogance. Because I was confident I could do the job, whereas what they were hearing was, yeah, I can do this with my eyes shut, mate. Don't know why I'm applying for this, really, because I could get a better job elsewhere. You're lucky I'm sat at your table, love. No. But that's the issue with it, and that's something I've learned to come to terms with. I've learned, you know, I've still got the exact same anxiety dreams where, um, you know, I wish I hadn't said that to that person at that time. You know, those memories keep bubbling up. I go over and over all all these different conversations I've had with people that I don't need to go over. Water under the bridge, they've all forgotten it. But there is that element of the arrogance and, you know, the, the extroverted Leon steps forward and goes, look, mate, just grow up and get over it. No one cares. Whereas introverted Leon is sitting there thinking they do care. They're thinking about me all the time, about what an idiot I was when I said that. So this confidence and this arrogance and this ability to sort of split between two personalities has been really, really fascinating for me to follow. So I suppose, in a way, I'm actually okay with the fact that I am two distinct personalities. There is two specific knees in the room they are here and that's fine i'm okay with that so i'm leon deggs and i'm also leon deggs thanks for listening